Hey, welcome back to the Get a Grip on Lighting conversation series. This is a special one, special release with Webster and Ron. They're talking about when smart home companies disappear, leaving millions of customers with bricked smart devices. It's an interesting one that you got to check out. But before we do, got to talk Keystone, K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. That's KeystoneTech.com, the retrofit kings. And you know what else they do well? is give you and the customer choice. Wattage and color selectable product on just about everything. You can change the color easily, you can change the wattage easily, the lumen output, all built into a keystone fixture. So make sure you check those guys out. Light made easy. And also, Nailed, N-A-I-L-D, this podcast is brought to you as part of that. And we have a big convention coming up in September, so be ready for that, September 13th through the 16th with the Arclight Convention. We hope to see you there. For now, here's Webster and Ron. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, this is a unique conversation that I wanted to have with Ron in response to a recent article I was reading about a rug pull situation from a manufacturer where they basically disappeared and all of the supporting hardware that they had under their listing stopped working. And this is actually a, a common theme in lighting controls that people have concern for lighting controls. And so that's why I wanted to kind of have a, a response to this in general um, to, to kind of see if we can tease out what's going on here and how best to avoid this. And so, Ron, you know, you read the article that I sent over um, regarding this and, and basically, you know, from a integrator standpoint what is what is your the first response to that kind of issue yeah it's uh it's interesting right from an integrator's perspective it you, you hate to just laugh but right that's kind of that's kind of what it is right like right. these are the things that should not happen right the, these are the types of issues people should not be experiencing whether in a commercial space or in a residential space right th this is part of the this is part of the problem this is part of why we need standards and stuff so that things like this don't happen systems shouldn't be entirely reliant on cloud and third-party devices to operate because things things like this could happen at any moment well and i mean just to kind of tease that out a little bit in this scenario you know it was so unique so dependent upon that mm -hmm. connection that as soon as that connection vanished, everything stopped working. I mean, if if I had like a smartphone, for instance, and it's connected to the cloud, I would imagine that if, for instance, Apple stopped supporting my iPhone or Android stopped supporting my Samsung, you know, the Samsung would still work. I would still be able to do stuff with it. It just means that right. it would over time degrade and be incapable of doing the newer, better things. But yep. in this specific case, that's not what happened. Everything just locked up and people could no longer turn their lights on or off. Yeah, which is crazy because I think about just the system I have in my own home, right? And it's, while it is cloud connected, it also works completely independently, right? It, it, it The devices work by themselves, standalone, and then connected through my home intranet, um, they all work just fine, right? They'll still communicate to each other and do everything they need to do. So it's fascinating that this company was 100% reliant on the cloud and didn't use Wi-Fi or some sort of central hub to at least let devices communicate. 
But I mean, so as from a consumer standpoint, you know, you can kind of understand why there's some hesitancy towards adoption of smarter technology because of the fact that they're worried that something like this might happen. And so is there something that from a consumer standpoint I could do to avoid buying into something that may just suddenly disappear and then everything locks up? Yeah, right. So from a consumer standpoint, that's tough, right? So right. yes, there are things you can do, right? You can do your own research, right? You could consult with somebody who at least is in the industry and has maybe done some of this research already. You know, rely on consumer reviews, use trusted manufacturers and equipment, right? Part of the problem, unfortunately, is everyone wants a deal. Everyone wants to do something cheaper than the next guy. They want to find another way to do it. They don't want to spend that much money. And you know, sometimes, unfortunately, when you're dealing with some of those less reputable manufacturers, things like this can happen, right? So you really do, you know, it, I understand that everyone wants to have some sort of connection to their smart home now. They want to have these devices, but you do, you know, if you're going to take that deep dive, you do need to have some reputable manufacturers and electronics in place to sort of be the central hub of everything. Well, and, and I think, you know, the thing maybe a lot of people who aren't, who don't have a short list of reputable manufacturers are going to ask, okay, how do I identify a reputable manufacturer? Because for instance, this manufacturer we're referring to actually existed for a while. They were, mm -hmm. they were able to put out millions of devices into people's homes yeah. and then just vanished. And so, you know, what's to say that the biggest names aren't going to do the same thing. How do, how do we know what is reputable and what is not reputable? Well, and that's t right. I, so it's funny. I was having a, I was, I was thinking about this while I was in the shower, surprisingly enough. Right. And I'm thinking, man, what would, what would happen? Cause I just happened to be playing music. Cause you know, well, why not? Right. Cause I can. And right. I'm thinking like, wow, what would, what would happen if that company with the big smile on their box magically disappeared? Right. Like all of my devices, would stop working like it, it right it would kind of be the same thing they would just stop working not that i would expect that to happen but it's it's possible right, right. and so i mean you know that's that's the the sticking point here is that you know we can say oh this is a reputable manufacturer but reputable is subjective we can't say, mm -hmm. okay, you know, they have billions of dollars in revenue and therefore they're sticking around for the long haul. Additionally, there's another concern that has been growing, which is the software and the firmware back, the, 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 the platform that the manufacturer selects to use may stop being supported. And that's not their yes. own choice. That is a, no. a third party. So for instance, Microsoft Silverlight, recently stopped being supported in a lot of manufacturers who were using that as their platform to operate on had to basically revise everything and update and in instances where product had already been installed and programmed and and commissioned um they said it's going to cost you extra to upgrade to the new platform because this was unexpected for us and it's a huge expense for us to just give this out for free so you know there's a lot of moving variables with that as well and again you know how does the savvy consumer avoid that yeah that's tough because it's not even just that too it's chipsets and components too have caused these sorts of issues lately right right well uh, and where that's manufacturers creating have just shortages. Had to abandon lines 
Yeah. Right. I mean, right. We, we've, we've seen manufacturers just up and say, we're no longer supporting this product. We're no longer selling it. And then what do you do when you get the call from the customer that has that product and has had it installed for five or 10 years and now all of a sudden is looking for parts and you have to tell them, mm-hmm. I've got X on the shelf and that's it. There's no one making it. And right. if we can find it on eBay, we can help you out. But otherwise, you know, it's, it is, it's, it is tough. So, I mean, tying it back to this whole conversation of standardization, I mean, if, if everything, for instance, if, if we had the form factor of a desktop and you could just rip parts out and p- replace them with third party parts, you know, if we expanded that metaphor to look at the building, you know, if you can just rip out aux sensors and replace them with a different aux sensor or a keypad, touchscreen, whatever, you know, pre- arguably this issue would not be as big right because they would say okay well we're not supporting this anymore however there are a plethora of manufacturers out there that provide equals to this that you can just substitute in yep yeah i mean that 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 would be that would be ideal right for something like that to happen and uh, and even if it even if it wasn't that easy Right. Because that would be that I feel like that would be difficult, at least if they were using a standard protocol, right, for communication, you could probably dance around it pretty easily, even if the devices didn't directly communicate, you could probably if everything was using a standard protocol, um, even if it wasn't a simply plug and play device, I'm sure you could get around it with a, a, you know, some sort of a hub or some right, some sort of other device that would allow that communication between the two systems. And by standard protocol, we're not we're not talking about just the protocol that's controlling the, the luminaires. We're talking right. about the, the back end, which is the whole network system connecting devices to devices. You don't normally use DMX or Dolly to control devices. You use Correct. a different protocol. And a lot of manufacturers use a proprietary protocol to do this go between for devices. And then they spit out whatever protocol you need at the end of the chain to control the luminaire. You know, there are manufacturers that will go whole hog and they'll even have the proprietary protocol going from device to luminaire. But in a lot of instances, we'll see zero to 10 or DMX or Dolly control directly controlling the luminaire. But up to that, that device, every it, it's something else. And yep. so we're not just talking about standardizing that protocol, the, the, back, the front end protocol. We're talking about the back end protocol as well. And yes, you know, but at the same time, from a manufacturer standpoint, then I am opening myself up to competition by doing that. Yeah, I mean, yes, but isn't isn't everyone already in competition anyway, right? Whether their communications proprietary or not, they're all still trying to say why their system is better than somebody else's or right, which new feature set they've allowed or whatever. And there's still plenty of ways that one manufacturer can have advantages over another and still use the same communication protocols. And so, I mean, you know, from a a standpoint of the argument that if I make everything open, people could come in and and edge me out of the door, you know, it's kind of this, this balancing act between the consumer's perspective of network lighting controls are just going to pull the rug out from under me at some point versus I want the cheapest product. And so, yes, okay, fine. 
there's going to be situations where the cheapest product is going to create issue within that because you know if i for instance get you know really fancy touch screen but then i have like cheap back end components going all the way to to the light fixture you know that's i'm going to envision that the touch screen is to blame for actually subpar parts running back to the luminaire so yep. you know how do how does a manufacturer overcome that challenge because they can't just say you know inferior parts because they're not in charge of that part of the system anymore they're just yeah right that touch screen. that part's tough and that's where you need an integrator on your project right to make sure that things <laughs> like this don't happen right, right. uh no because it, it's true the manufacturer can't control that and these are the types of problems you run into where you get on the job site and everyone's pointing fingers at each other and saying no it's your fault no it's your fault it, it, and there needs to be that sort of objective third party who can walk in and actually troubleshoot the system beyond just the single manufacturer's equipment, right? And mm -hmm. go through and say, nope, he, we've identified the issue. Here it is. I brought in a completely different controller. The lights are doing the same thing. So. So, yeah, I mean, and and I think, you know, this this was something I was actually talking with with somebody about recently when it comes to integrators. You know, the person was saying, oh, well, you know, an integrator is an added cost to the project. Why should I get an integrator involved? Because I'm just blowing the, the budget out. And it, it struck me that actually it's not that you're adding cost to the project by getting an integrator. You're cheapening the project by not getting an integrator. You know, in the HVAC world, for instance, integrators are a given. They're, they need to be a part of the system. You cannot have an HVA system that is intelligent by any means without an integrator. In the lighting world, it's backwards. It, it is that you can opt to have an integrator. And for the most part, yeah, okay, with DMX or Dolly, you could maybe stumble through and have success without an integrator involved. But as you get more advanced, with systems, you really do need an integrator or somebody who's who's monitoring that system and making sure that it's installed and programmed correctly. And so it's in my mind, it's almost like you buy a computer without a graphics card and you stumble through success with that because you treat it like a typewriter. But then you want to do elevated features and you're like, oh, well, I have to buy a graphics card if I want to do that. So it's too expensive to, to do it that way. And it's like, you've been operating without a graphics card, which is not how a computer's supposed to operate, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, now you're complaining that because you bought the cheap version for so long, you you have this impression that it's it's that cost. That's the price tag for, the, for a computer. But really, you've just, you've been buying an inferior product for so long that you, you believe it that that that's the yeah. price tag and so yeah I, and, and I mean, it, go ahead it's tough right so part of part of, i i do understand that argument about the added upfront cost but you're right if you look at like hvac right it, it's very clear that if you don't have someone come in and balance the system and everything else it's this room is going to work this room isn't going to work there's going to be no airflow or you could do damage to the equipment if things aren't balanced properly the airflow is incorrect there's a lot of ways in hvac which people really notice that in lighting it's a little tougher right the light turned on what it's fine what's wrong with it light turned on right i mean right at the end of the day that's what a lot of people see that's how they feel what people don't see is what i often see is a lot of redundancy on the front end so while people 
complain about the cost of an integrator. What they don't see is that manufacturer A, B, C, and D are all providing complete solutions for their package on a product or on a project. And then the next thing you know, the electrician's putting in four control systems, or they bought four, even though they're only putting in this fifth control system, but each manufacturer sold them a control system. And that's where the integrator coming in and actually seeing all the bill of materials going through and putting all these together and making sure all the communications right and everything else is going to catch all of that extra stuff and say hey you don't need to buy all four of these go back to all these manufacturers remove their services remove these extra controllers and look all of a sudden there's the money for your integrator or more in right. some cases right. right because they paid for all these things they didn't know about and then unfortunately a lot of times the end users don't even realize they paid for all this stuff. This stuff just vanishes into the ether and never to be seen again, right? I mean, on, on a larger project that happens all the time. Yeah. So. Well, and, and the other thing is that, you know, there's a lot of instances where in those multi-manufacturer systems, each manufacturer will also be providing their own technician doing the work that an integrator would be doing. And, but the problem is with that, manufacturer provided technician, they will only touch their own stuff. They will never transcend another manufacturer's stuff. And so if that contractor doesn't actually retain all techs for each manufacturer, which I've seen happen before, half the system won't work because right. there's this Rube Goldberg machine of events going on. And if one of those intermediary components is not commissioned, you may never get your lights working or they may work, but they'll, you'll realize later on that they're actually not doing what you wanted to do. I had this one system where um, two classrooms were being controlled together by the same system. And so the reports were coming in that there's a ghost in the system. The lighting was, you know, <laughs> behaving erratically. Nobody knew what was going on. It was like, well, cause yep. they're responding to the same signal and you didn't commission half the system. So, yep. you know, Again, an integrator would be able to look at the big picture and say, okay, well, we need to do th these products as well as these products, and we need to get them all programmed and, and set up correctly. Whereas in this case, the contractor did not retain the services of half the, the technicians that needed to come out. So, you know, th there's, so, I mean, to kind of go back to the original topic at hand here, which is this concept of rug pulling, um, you know, First of all, having some kind of open standard would allow us to be able to overcome that issue to a degree. It's not going to fix everything, but it would at least nope. allow these people who are right now literally in the dark to be able to go in and pop out components and replace them with other components, which would over time be a cheaper solution than gutting the whole system and replacing it with something else. Um, and then additionally, if an integrator were involved, if it was a big enough project, you know, these we're talking residential projects here, which integrators could still be utilized for, but Absolutely. in a lot of cases, um, residential products are intended to be installed by homeowners, but uh, an integrator could certainly coordinate a much bigger system. But, you know, if we get integrators involved in the process of these open standards, then they can also help kind of maneuver through basically the sea of product that would be available at that time because it's no longer manufacturer a versus manufacturer b it's keypad a versus keypad b 
aux sensor A versus aux sensor B. And so an integrator would be able to go, okay, well, this, this aux sensor here is going to be able to do what you're looking for. This aux sensor here, you're going you're gonna to be missing some features that you listed that you wanted. So, you know, that's kind of the, the advantage there of where the lighting control systems should be or would be more maneuverable. And where we're right now, you know, the integrators are kind of going, can, can we all agree on something? Can, right. can please just say, I don't care what the protocol is. Just give me a standard protocol that everything can connect to and communicate clearly. And we'll move on from there. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the lighting controls integrators, you included, come from theater where theater yep. has agreed, okay, DMX, I don't care how you layer it, whether it's ArtNet or streaming ACN, it's ultimately still DMX. We are still speaking that language. And because of that, you have the ability to go, okay, I want manufacturer A's opto splitter, manufacturer B's yep. console, you know, I don't care whose cable it is that's connecting it so long as it meets the standard, you know, that's all there is to it for you. And granted, yeah, okay, fine. You know, the anybody off the street's not going to be able to spec and design a DMX system without understanding DMX. But, you know, that's the whole point of being an expert on the product and understanding how to design and install the system. You know, people go to you and say, okay, what do I need? Same thing that I would do with a computer. I wouldn't just randomly grab a computer that I find in the store and go, okay, this is all I need. I'd either do a lot of research so that I can build up my knowledge or I'd go to somebody who knows what they're doing and say, right. what computer do I need? Yeah. I mean, and, and the biggest benefit too, right. Just to kind of stick in that theater world for a minute is, is that I don't care what your budget is, right? I can propose mm -hmm. to you a solution that's going to work regardless of your budget and give you the infrastructure to grow into that as you know, over the over the course of time as your sort of budget allows right so we, we see this a lot with smaller schools middle schools and stuff where they're making an upgrade or they want to put in a new system and the, the money's just not there but we really focus on the infrastructure and making sure that everything's in place and it, it doesn't matter because i can go to any manufacturer and get that equipment and it'd be amazing to be able to do that in the architectural world and unfortunately it just that's not the way it is, right? It, it unfortunately, you know, and to sort of dive back to this residential issue, like equipment shouldn't be cloud only dependent, right? And that that never should have happened, right? right. That it, it's nice to have cloud access and have all those things, and but every everything should have some sort of central hub or or work independently right i mean that some those devices never should have bricked like that you, you would never expect that like, like we're going back to the days of the blackberry here like what's happening right now <laughs> right so i mean yeah and that kind of methodology would actually be identified a lot more clearly if there was a standard because then people would say whoa you're deviating from the standard here that's a risky choice you know if, if if a manufacturer decided to come into the theater world and said we're not doing dmx anymore we're we're only doing you know this new protocol that we came up with which is so much faster and so much more capable everybody would be like you are rolling the dice 
you, you're taking a huge risk right now and yeah. you're probably going to get bumped from the industry really quickly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take much. Yeah, it, it would, it would be great to have those standards in place to be able to just drop in anybody's stuff like that, drop in any manufacturer's equipment, you know, be able to support clients better. I mean, the, the fact that I can walk into a theater from 20, 30, 40 years ago and drop in new equipment without mm -hmm. a second guess is, is amazing, right? The fact that we can do that. I can't do that in the architectural world. Most times I'm ripping out systems because I have no choice because I, I, it doesn't work. I can't find components. There's no way, there's no way to fix it. We're lucky enough if I can reuse the wire, right? That's the biggest <laughs> thing. Like, can I, can I find a system that will allow me to reuse all the wire you already have in the walls? Maybe. You know, right. it's tough. Whereas, it is tough. Whereas with a theatrical system, you're talking about replacing literally one device that yep. might just be old and therefore needing to be replaced. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ron. Really appreciate it. And No problem. Anytime. We'll, we'll see some change in our industry eventually. I certainly hope so. If only we could actually get it to happen. I don't know if it will. And I'm sure there's enough of the manufacturers that listen to this podcast. And if you have questions, we'd love to chat with you. So don't, don't be so silent. <laughs> or send us an email. We could always respond to your emails on this. Absolutely. There you heard it from Webster and Ron. Before we go, though, check out Keystone Tech. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. Wattage color selectable product, everything you need in LED. They also have traditional stuff, full lighting company, light made easy, Keystone Tech. And make sure you visit Nailed or think about signing up if you're not a member now because you should be. We have an awesome in-person convention coming up. We have the best education courses and the best people in lighting are all part of Nailed, so you should be too. Thanks for staying with us till the end. Until the next one.